0: Hey 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 hey!
1: We are back and we are here with a real review.
0: Oh yeah! And which movie are we reviewing tonight?
1: Oh, we got a special one tonight. We have uh, probably one of Jim Carrey's most odd movies in his repertoire. It's Other, not... <laughs>
0: Other than Twenty Three.
1: <laughs> yeah, when I say odd, I mean it's it's out of character for him we're reviewing uh it's a great movie it's a great movie
0: it's so great that you've forgotten the title
1: no i haven't forgotten oh. <laughs> the title i'm just building anticipation
0: oh yeah it is a really great movie
1: uh we are reviewing in fact here today eternal sunshine of the spotless mind
0: yay Woo! i had
1: actually not seen this movie until we reviewed it for this podcast
0: I feel like people have an aversion to it because it's like deemed a love story mm. or like a romance movie, but it's really not like, and I'll have to admit like that sci-fi. was
1: sci-fi. I'll have to admit that was probably one of the reasons why I never looked into it because yeah. I'm not a huge romance movie guy. Yeah, I, don't I don't, seek uh, them out.
0: Yeah. I don't really like romance movies either, but there are a few that in my arsenal that I just like adore.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, this one really kind of blew me away. It was really well done. I thought a lot of the story elements were really fresh for me because I I'd never seen a movie quite like it, and I don't I can't really think of anything I can directly compare it with.
0: Yeah, like it's it's non linear, which is nice. Yeah. Um. the the story starts at the end, basically, or near the end. Yeah. Um. And was it the main screenwriter was Charlie Kaufman, who did um, like adaptation and being John Malkovich, like all those really weird Uh, surrealist type movies. Yeah. Okay. But apparently he collaborated a lot with um, Mikhail um, Gondry, the director. Okay. And sort of like shaping it. And he wrote with like another, like three other writers
1: Uh, on it. Okay.
0: So yeah, that's why it's so surreal. It's because it's like a Kaufman. ah screenplay
1: (laughs) okay yeah i have no i have no idea about any of that yeah i came into it completely in the dark
0: okay which is good and you saw it later on in life quote unquote yeah we're not super old but i saw this film first when i was maybe like like 17 okay 10 years 10 11 years ago right um so you're looking at it through like the eyes of a teenager and when I first saw it, I thought that it was like adorable and charming that, you know, they want to keep reliving their relationship over and over again. Right. But then watching it now, I'm like, this is kind of a toxic yeah. relationship. And they're, That's what I they're got not when I good saw for each other, I don't think. Yeah, no. Like they have intimate moments with each other. But I mean, they say some pretty nasty things. And yeah, it's kind of about the toxicity of of relationships almost. Yeah. I don't know
1: people who aren't quite a good fit for each other
0: yeah it just goes to show how jaded i am now versus when i was 17.
1: <laughs> well well, just more life experience right? yeah i
0: guess so more it's more i'm like more based in realism or grounded in realism than yeah yeah me being 17 but yeah well
1: that's a good springboard into our uh, plot synopsis of this movie yeah i guess at this point we should say that we will be discussing plot elements of the movie, so if you're listening to this podcast and you still haven't seen this movie... Yeah, just go um, watch it. Yeah, we recommend that you go watch before you listen to the rest of the podcast, because we will be going into depth about plot elements. So You've been warned.
0: Yeah, I also <laughs> just recommend it, just to watch it. Like, it's a really good Hollywood movie. Yeah. Like, it, the fact that it is... Well, the director's French, obviously. <laughs> But, because uh, it has that, you know, je ne sais quoi about I, the film. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some French film. But I mean, like, com- I compared meant-
0: to Hollywood films, like, it seems a little bit yeah. more, it seems a bit too surreal for Hollywood.
1: It's true. There is not a very clear ending, which is not very Hollywood. No. Yeah. There's not a clear like oh they Euro- got back <laughs> together and everything was hunky dory. It's very it's a very open ended.
0: Yeah, it's a European ending.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would uh, say more in the tradition of uh, French cinema.
0: I would <laughs> <say>. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, go watch it. It's definitely a good watch. Yeah. And Jim Carrey's great in it. Obviously. Yeah, I
1: also would He's recommend. Yeah, it's, Jim Carrey surprised me with that. Really? Yeah, because I'm so used to him being so goofy. The only movie I've seen him be like even remotely serious in was Truman show. Yeah. Which he was serious in, but it was also kinda goofy.
0: Well, even in even in this movie he's pretty goofy. Yeah. Like there's goofy moments where you see that like comedic Jim Carrey. But yeah. this is this is during a time in his career where he started to shift. True, yeah. From just all comedy to more like dramatic. From, from, like things. the Ace
1: Ventura, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And he's like also he just seems like a very you know, deep and spiritual individual, and I'm sure. Well, yeah. Started now, to shift, right? after the
1: whole, he grew a beard and started talking about <laughs> what was it like tessellating polygons, or he started going a little.
0: Yeah, at that um, award show. Yeah, with that, that poor uh, journalist. No, I don't know. Is she a journalist? What is she? <sighs> yeah, in? with like e- microphone lady,
1: <laughs> E T or something like Entertainment Tonight. Yeah, she was, yeah. She was one of those like entertainment talk show type things and yeah. she was on the red carpet and she's like oh hey she, was, she just thought it would be like a, yeah
0: she's like oh hey Jim how one are those,
1: you one of those random like fluff interviews you see and then
0: all of a sudden he just drops a bomb <laughs> starts going into this
1: like crazy you know meta territory we're all
0: tesseracts, T- tesseracts that's what That's yeah. is that what it was yeah, yeah yeah which is like a four-dimensional cube yeah we're all just floating in space and we're all tesseracts and I'm like oh god yeah I don't really L.A. Wonder. has destroyed his mind <laughs> Does he live in L.A.? Yeah, he does.
1: He doesn't live in Canada anymore?
0: No, I think he's not Canadian anymore.
1: Ooh, you disowned him.
0: I haven't disowned him. Get I think it. he disowned us, <laughs> 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 which is fair. Every like famous person kind of it's does true. that. It's true.
1: It's like most famous Canadians, they get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. They Except- get a little bit of fame and then they never come back.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a few of them that have stayed, like um, like Mike Myers. and. That's true. Steve Martin. And, yeah, that's true. Yeah.
1: Doesn't Drake still come back here every now and then?
0: Well, he definitely says that Toronto is the best city. I yeah. don't know if he. I don't know if he, he actually believes it, but.
1: Well, I'm sure he believes it. I'm just questioning whether he comes back at all.
0: I'm. Yeah, he does. He's has a, like a couple restaurants, I think, in the city. Oh, that's true. He does. Yeah. So he, he must come back. He's still investing. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, the plot synopsis of Eternal Sunshine. Yeah,
1: we derailed a bit. Yeah, it's okay. Well, uh, yeah. How would I describe this? It's pretty easy to describe this movie. You can go quickly through it and just say it's a story of Joel, played by Jim Carrey, who at the beginning of the movie, he wakes up, he gets out of bed, realizes that there's a bunch of stuff off in his world that morning. Like his car's got a dent in the door and he randomly you know, crosses over the platform at the train station and gets on a train that's going not to New York City where he works, but the complete opposite direction, up further up Long Island to Montauk. Montauk.
0: It's a very magical place in this movie.
1: Yeah. And he gets there and he looks in his journal and there's a page missing. And he's kind of like, there's a bunch of these weird little discrepancies.
0: Well, and his his thoughts, like his eternal thoughts are like, he even feels that something's off. And he says like, oh, it's been two years since I've written in this journal. Yeah. But it looks like he journals every day. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh And his page is missing. Yeah. But upon first viewing, though, I didn't really pick up on that. Yeah. But, anyways. But, yeah. So that's. He that goes happened.
1: there and he he meets Kate Winslet.
0: Yeah, on a train. I forget her
1: character on name. Our How way bad back. is that? Um, Clementine. Clementine. Jesus.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. There's like four jokes in the movie about <laughs> know, her name. I <laughs> know. I know.
1: I've said it in other podcasts, but I'm so bad at remembering character, lo- uh, character names.
0: Yeah, it's fair. It's Clementine.
1: Yeah, it's Clementine. So he meets Clementine um, and they start hitting it off really well and then all of a sudden the movie flashes back. You don't know it's a flashback for a little while but it flashes back.
0: Yeah, and he's in the car crying. He's in the
1: car crying and he throws a cassette tape out the window. Yeah. Um, and he's visiting some friends, I guess. And it's revealed to him that has gone to this specialty clinic to have all memories of him completely erased from her mind. Right. And this is prompted, you know, a little bit before that by he went to a bookstore uh, where she worked and she completely was ghosting him like he didn't exist. And she was talking to some other guy and like kissing him and had a new boyfriend.
0: Like it wasn't even that. It's just like she wasn't even ghosting him. She just didn't she was acting like she didn't even know him. Yeah. It wasn't that yeah. she was, like, avoiding him. It was just... There was no recollection yeah, whatsoever. You're right.
1: you're right. Ghosting was not really the right word for that. Yeah.
0: Which is even weirder, because if she was ghosting, then it would... Like, okay, maybe she's just avoiding him. Yeah, but it's, it's very clear that she just doesn't remember she's him She's acting like she
1: has no idea who he is. Yeah. And so, anyway, yeah. He hands up at a friend's house and finds out that she had eliminated all memories of him. Yeah. So he ends up going to the exact, the exact same clinic mm-hmm. and has the same procedure done to him. Mm-hmm. And so the majority of the movie then takes place in the course of one night and Jim Carrey is I don't know if he's fallen asleep or he's been put under. He takes some, cord, some kind of pill and he's out. Yeah, he's a sleeping pill. Yeah, he's out. And then a a field team from the clinic comes and they hook him up to a bunch of strange devices. They never fully explain how any of it works. Like, they leave the science yeah, fiction stuff. Yeah, they don't, they don't out
0: really have to do it. It's not really about that.
1: And then there's a series of. You're going through his memories of his relationship with Clementine through a series of non chronological memories.
0: Oh, no, they're chronological.
1: The reverse chronological.
0: Right. Yeah. Sorry. The reverse. They they start at the breakup and go back. And they start going to when backwards. they first met. Yeah. Yeah. But the the whole entire film takes place in Joel's mind. Yeah. In basically. the course of a night. Yeah. With of course like they they cross back and forth between like his subconscious and then what's going on yeah. in the room with him. Yeah. With um young Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. And Elijah Kirsten. Wood who yeah. plays <laughs> Peter. Oh no, Patrick. Oh, it's Patrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Patrick and um Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Who's Mary. Yeah.
1: She was coming hot off the Spider-Man fame at the time.
0: Yeah, she was. They were all really young. Yeah. It was weird.
1: So the basic plot is he's going through all these unpleasant memories. It it was clear that by the time they had broken up, they had had a very toxic relationship. She was really sick of him. Uh, She was bored with him and he was like kind of a a nervous, um, apprehensive kind of guy. And so he's not very assertive. uh, And she was getting sick of that. And he was sick of her being this wild card, you know, likes to get drunk, likes to do stuff like on a complete whim. And he was getting sick of that. Um, And they start going backwards. And it gets to a point where he's he's fine with these memories getting erased because they're unpleasant. Yeah. But he starts getting to the really good parts of that relationship, like the honeymoon phase where they're still... Or
0: it's like a, I think it's not even the honeymoon phase. It's like the point in the relationship where things get really intimate. Yeah. And they start like opening up to each other and they have like these, these like really candid moments with each other. Yeah. And they seem very like heartwarming and, you know. Right. And heartfelt and stuff like that. And then that's when the movie shifts and he realizes that he doesn't want to go along with the procedure. And he
1: starts struggling to try to retain any memory he can.
0: Yeah. And it's so interesting because he, he takes Clementine's projection and treats her as if she's Real, yes. And he's just like, no, like we have to find a way. We have to hide somewhere in my my other memories. Yeah. So they go and you know do that.
1: So he keeps trying to do that, but he's eventually unsuccessful because meanwhile the team that's working on him, even though they even
0: though they're getting high and drunk and <laughs> having sex <laughs> beside yeah. him,
1: they eventually call in the head honcho, the main guy who invented the procedure. He comes in and he's able to fix it.
0: What's his name again? I forget. But, uh, oh, I forget. Kirsten Dunst's character says his name like a million times.
1: Mary, and then yeah, forget the guy's name.
0: Mm. I'm so bad. <laughs> Hod, Hodgson, Hot Hank, no, Ha. Hans. Just a quick Google. Hans. It's <laughs> not right. Um, Howard. That's it. Mirzwiak. Yeah. Okay. So yeah.
1: So anyway, he. So yeah, the film takes place in the course of one night and the field team comes out and they're trying to erase as many memories of him, of that relationship as they can, but he eventually finds a way to hold on to them briefly mm-hmm. until they have to call in the head guy, Dr. Howard. Yeah. And he comes in and he's able to erase the stuff that Jim Carrey is able to hide in some childhood memories. Mm-hmm. And so it come it boils down to the very first memory he has with Clementine and it's this house on in Montauk that they break into um because it's nighttime and it's like cold. And right before the house is the is collapsing and the memories falling apart Clementine whispers in his ear to meet her at Montauk Mm -hmm. and so then it comes full circle and then you start seeing the beginning sequence that you saw at the beginning of the movie where he goes to Montauk where he goes to Montauk
0: yeah it's so weird because she's not real no so I never really understood
1: it is a bit of a plot hole yeah
0: well I don't know if it's a plot hole or if it's just like symbolizing their connection
1: oh it could be that like they're
0: so connected that I don't know that they just know to meet in Montauk yeah but I don't think, um, like, the film didn't really portray enough of their relationship for me to believe that they have that strong of a connection. Hmm. Like Because it's only been a year right, with them being together. But yeah, so, and then they uh, meet in Montauk. And then they find out that Mary uh, has taken all of the tapes from her work. She's a receptionist at this company that erases minds.
1: She's mailed them out to all the old patients.
0: Yeah, because she actually had a relationship with uh, the doctor, Howard. um, And she wanted her memory erased. And that kind of all unfolds during that night as well.
1: Yeah, that's a subplot that takes place.
0: Yeah, it's actually a really good subplot. I'm glad that they added it.
1: Yeah. So anyway, it it ends up... We end up finding out that both Clementine and Jim Carrey's character... um, Both got... Recorded tapes from their interviews at the clinic, and they're listening back to them and all the all the horrible stuff that both of them say about each other.
0: Yeah, it's pretty bad.
1: And although they have no memory of each other, Clementine and um, Joel and Joel, jeez, oh <laughs> Clementine and Joel, they decide that they want to give it a try anyway, try it again.
0: Yeah, it's implied. Yeah. Like, they don't explicitly say it, but they kind of just laugh about yeah. all of the terrible things that they've said about each other. Yeah. Um, and they still, like, clearly have some sort of longing towards each other. Yeah. So, and then there's obviously, like, the last shot of the movie is them on the beach repeating, and, repeating over it and over, and over, and over, over and over and over again. So it's implied that, like, no matter how many times that they would erase their memory, they would still. Mm hmm end up finding a way back to each other.
1: Yeah. There we go. Plot synopsis done. Yeah. (laughs) Success.
0: Which I don't know if it's like a great thing for them to keep getting back together again. Like they still have things to work on (laughs) personally. Yeah, they really do. Like it just seems like a very strange relationship throughout the whole movie.
1: He's very ordered and... His life doesn't seem to go or anywhere or do anything, and well, she's very flight of fancy. Does whatever she wants.
0: Yeah, like in the film, she says that she's impulsive, yeah. like a lot. Like even her friends say that she's impulsive, and yeah. he says that she's impulsive. Meanwhile, he's like completely unable to talk about anything. Yeah, like he's very closed. Very closed. Yeah, and she, you know, obviously ends up not. You know, she can't stand it in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, they end up getting pretty nasty. They do. Yeah. I didn't really like that. I, I kind of forgot how bitter that movie is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Quite bitter.
0: So do we want to talk about cinematography? We first? do. Okay.
1: Cinematography. Let's talk about it. I like the cinematography.
0: Okay, that's done. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on.
1: <laughs> no, I, um... Would lighting count as part of cinematography? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I thought the lighting, especially in the memory scenes, was really good. They were doing something with a handheld light, and the field of focus is only on Jim Carrey or Kate Winslet. Like it's you don't see any of the world around them very much. Is like a very small focus, you know, handheld light bulb beam. Right. Yeah. And.
0: The spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. Like a very tight spotlight. Yeah, and that's supposed to like they're supposed to symbolize like them hunting them down. Oh really? Yeah. That's because, what you got from that? Yeah, because um Howard and Mark Ruffalo's character that I can't remember what his name is, um, they're like trying to like pinpoint each memory. Right. And so like they're searching for it on their end. Mm. So the spotlight is like um is them searching for it. Oh, I never picked up on that. Yeah, in the subconscious. I just
1: thought it was a clever way of showing how dreams and memories feel when you, like, access them. They're, like, fuzzy, and there's only a small area of focus that you can actually remember. Right. Every, everything like else is obscured.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I got the ser- It's like a searchlight. Yeah. In a lot of the shots.
1: Now that you say it, I get it. Yeah, but yeah, th- yeah. When I was watching it, I didn't pick up on that, yeah.
0: Yeah, but the... um, I mean... But also what you're talking about with how like in dreams you can only see like a certain like field of view. Yeah. Like they did that really well um, as well in the in the movie with like the lighting and cinematography. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, with, it was like. Very well done. Yeah, with all the um, you know the he can never seem to get past um any point of his. Wait, let me redo that. Yeah, he can't seem to get past uh, anything that he hasn't experienced already. Yeah, which is true because in a memory, you wouldn't be able to just fabricate new parts of a memory. No. So.
1: Yeah, they did a good one with that. Um, I was also looking at the Wikipedia article on the film, and apparently, while they were filming, they did a lot of it handheld, and they were filming it in three hundred and sixty degree views all the time. They filmed something like thirty six thousand feet. Of film a day
0: wow that's crazy
1: yeah and they were using um i read that they were using interesting dolly techniques they were using wheelchairs and like sleds they're pulling on the ground in the snow instead of you know, you know purpose-built dollies for the right, cameras yeah. to kind of get weird low angles and stuff
0: yeah it seems like it was very it's weird because a lot of it seems like it was low budget but it's not because what yeah. they were doing was so complex yeah. Like all of the, um, like when Jim, uh, Jim Carrey's character Joel is running through, um, the street trying to catch up to, um, Clementine. Yes. And, like, he can't seem to get past a certain street. Like, it just turns into the same street. Yeah. And it's so interesting, like, how they did that. They did that with, like, a combination of, like, um, like just pans with the camera, but then also, like, a lot of, um, like rotoscoping so going like frame by frame and like putting jim carrey like behind a telephone pole or a like. lot of work was put in yeah it was really interesting how they did it it was like a clever combination of both things yeah um and apparently the cinematographer um her name is let me see ellen curaz yeah she worked like extensively with the editor and the production designer to okay. like make sure everything like made sense when they were filming so that they could do it later in post okay so it was like, all really well planned
1: yeah uh, the effects were seamless we'll get into that when we get into special effects oh, so good but um, yeah the way they filmed it they must have done it in a, knowing they were going to do certain effects later yeah. in post
0: yeah and I also like how um, like she she was able to sort of like at the beginning of their well not the beginning of their relationship I guess at the end I don't know how to describe it in the first part of the movie when they first meet
1: like the restart of their sure relationship. the restart of their
0: relationship um, like everything's kind of like pulled back like the camera is a little bit wider mm-hmm. on everything and then as you get to know them more and more as characters like it becomes more intimate and like the camera is way more uh, close and it's like it's kind of more like you're experiencing what they're experiencing versus just like watching them that's, yeah, what that's, I got another, from it.
1: that's another thing I didn't pick up on
0: yeah it was pretty cool I liked it a lot yeah
1: I like that it was
0: yeah really a lot of really interesting techniques
1: there were um, speaking of interesting techniques the sound techniques were very cool too I found uh, the sound design particularly when he's going through all the memories was interesting because he's able to hear the technicians talking yeah, so in cool. real life yeah, yeah, so the way they mix the sound when they're putting the film together it sounds like these disembodied voices kind of breaking the fourth wall Mm -hmm. they're omnidirectional almost yeah so when you're listening to it on your tv it sounds like it's not quite on the tv it sounds like it's coming from somewhere else and yeah i thought that was really clever i like that or there was as the images are fading the sound is also fading yeah i like that as well and weird distortions and um There's one scene in particular I remember where he's in a memory and he's talking to Clementine about the fact that they're in the memory and that the technicians are talking about them. Right. And one of them is trying to date Clementine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, fucking Patrick. That's shady, shady man.
1: (laughs) But there's a TV in the scene which is showing, I guess... The thing behind it, but it's on the TV. So it's like when Jim Carrey walks past the TV, you see Jim part of Jim Carrey's blue robe on the TV. On the as TV. By. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And when he looks and when Kate Winslet's out of shot, she sounds like she's coming out of like little tiny crappy TV speakers. Yeah. And then it turns back and then it's normal volume. Oh, yeah. I thought like that. Those little things were so cool.
0: Like Yeah. A lot of in, uh, in situ like sound. So like it's coming from a car. It's coming from the TV and then it's like cross fading to reality. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, or they introduce that Beck song uh, early in the movie, with the same name as the movie. Oh yeah. And you think it's you know being played over the scene, but then Jim Carrey stops the tape and it's on the tape and he throws it out the window. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those are always uh, really good effects in in movies when they. It just makes it a little, little bit more immersive. Yeah. Like I find that you're it. It's more that you're more there than just like overlaying music on top of stuff. I agree. It's like. Yeah, anyone can do that, but yeah. it's a little bit more creative.
1: It yeah. was quite creative, I thought.
0: Well, yeah. this yeah, the sound design was so interesting because it f- it didn't feel too much like a dream and it didn't feel too much like reality. Like mm-hmm. it was a really interesting balance because when I first watched the movie, like I didn't realize that we were in memories right away. Yeah, you're kind of like. Yeah, and then all of a sudden things get like weird, and you're like, okay, there's no way that this could be reality. That has to be a memory.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like the visuals and the sounds are like deteriorating.
1: Yeah, yeah. it gets a bit confusing at points. Sure. Yeah. What, what exactly is happening? Yeah, yeah. But in that sense, we're also, the, the audience is at that point sympathetic with Joel. Right. They're experiencing the same thing he is. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was cool.
0: Cinematography. Did you, we did sound? That was the second part. Yeah. Okay. And then now, what's next?
1: We are now on to stunts and special effects. Oh yeah. <laughs> of which there are not too many stunts, but Lots a lot of, of special, special effects. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought the CGI, while well, by today's standards, is a bit weird looking. They didn't overuse it.
0: No, like I, I honestly couldn't really even tell. Mm. this time around I think because the story is so interesting
1: yeah you're not paying attention to the yeah small little cgi things going on
0: yeah like she um you know when um in the dream joel is in the car and he's chasing after her yeah and she's walking the cars are falling from like the sky yeah um
1: those look pretty fake
0: yeah like that's all that's all cgi like the fence is cgi then they like decided to like remove one of her legs (laughs) Yeah. As like things start to deteriorate.
1: Or they're walking through looks like Grand Central Station, and the people in the station start disappearing as wisps. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah That was very clearly CGI. But. Yeah,
0: but it's just, it's yeah it's really cool. Um, you know the the scene where he transitions from like one setting to another on the couch. Yeah. Where he's eating the chopsticks. Yeah. Yeah, like apparently that's like, it's like they did it by filming like the sh- first shot and the second shot and then obviously rotoscoping and um, masking it with one shot okay but, but the chopsticks that he's holding are cgi oh wow!
1: So there's all well, these
0: like little tiny yeah there's all these like really weird little tiny cgi things or like mm-hmm. the house at the ending was all cgi
1: yeah, yeah i think it was
0: oh no it was yeah it was yeah it was all like completely 3D modeled and everything. I think it, it still held there was up a, for
1: me. There's a good amount of interesting practical effects too, though. Yeah. Like what we were saying earlier impressive. with the lighting and in the in the sound.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but also there's this uh, part of the memory. It was very quick in the edit, but he's driving away from the house in Montauk and this, the car's filled with sand. Yeah, it's so cool. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Or there's... A memory where he wakes up and the bed's on the beach and there's literally yeah, yeah, like yeah. the actors in a bed on a beach in winter. It was, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, when he's in the bath and he's just like, I love baths, I feel so warm. Oh yeah. And then about he that. wait and he's in the car and he's drenched in water. Yeah. And he's like, <gasps> and he almost drown.
1: Um, there's part of his memories where he tries to hide Clementine in an earlier childhood memory of his, mm-hmm. where he's four, and they built the set to be. To scale to make jim carrey the size of a four-year-old yeah it's a so perspective set yeah it was so interesting
0: yeah so they basically it's like a really long hallway okay that they have and um it it like kind of it goes down and it shrinks okay so and like the tiles on the floor too are like at a weird perspective so when you shoot it straight oh, so on that's how they did that yeah it's kind of like a like a fun house effect right yeah so it's all practical but there's like a shot of the direct there's a a clip of the director like moving from the like the front of the set to the back and he just gets like smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. he gets really teeny and you're just like oh so that's how they did it yeah cool (laughs) yeah yeah
1: Yeah, that was cool that was well done
0: yeah but i love those little moments where he uh jim carrey like picks up a cookie and it's massive it's like the size of his head yeah (laughs) yeah it just like I don't know. There's a few little things that really made it.
1: There's a few little comic moments that are good. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, the special effects overall, quite well done. Um, Nothing out of place. I know a lot of other movies from the 2000s, they suffer from this problem of putting in way too much CGI that they could have easily just done with practical effects.
0: Yeah. So the director um, is actually from, had like a theater background. Right. So he wanted to do all practical effects if they could.
1: See, and it really shows. Yeah,
0: and it just made it so much more believable.
1: You know, it lasts the test of time. Yeah. Better.
0: Yeah. No, I think so. Like, and you know me, like I hate special. Like I don't like CGI. So if you can do a practical, then it's. I just feel like it's just totally worth it. I agree. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm a little scared to see how some of these superhero movies are going to hold up 20 years from now. You gonna watch yeah, it's them gonna back. It's going to be a disaster. It's going to be all CGI and <laughs> it's going to look pretty bad.
0: Yeah, I don't. Yeah. And it's so weird like seeing the behind the scenes of these things where it's just a, an actor and they're just surrounded by green screen.
1: And they're in the mocap suit. I s-
0: slapped the printer. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just so excited. <laughs> no, yeah, it's really weird. And then what do they have to act they have to like act against like a tennis ball on a stick. Yeah. Like how is that like no wonder acting is going downhill. Like they're not interacting with anyone anymore. Yeah, it's weird.
1: Except for Andy Serkis, he's still really good at that. Who's that? The guy who played Gollum. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> I think he's <laughs> the only one.
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no. And um, just to recap, yeah, I think the, the special effects were really good.
0: Well, it just made the entire movie. Mm. Like if if they hadn't been able to pull off the subconscious of of. Joel, like it just wouldn't have worked. It would have. I I think it would have fallen. Like it would have just fallen fallen apart. Yeah, it just you just would have been like, this isn't believable, and Mm. yeah, it wouldn't have been such a great movie.
1: Speaking of believable, the dialogue quite good. Believable, very believable. (laughs) Well, it it didn't feel. I don't know how quite to say it. In a lot of romantic movies I've seen, the dialogue feels quite forced. It gets things real people would never say to each other. Right you know very passionate but
0: like melodramatic very yeah Yeah, soap opera almost
1: but in this movie i felt it was quite believable at least for me even the nasty stuff they're saying to each other it's like oh yeah, yeah i could see that i could see people saying that i have heard people say that to each other oh really yeah, you know, there's always that couple, like, out at the grocery store, and you're buying something, and then they're in the checkout lane next to you, and they're just like, no, leave it! We don't have enough gum at home! Jesus Christ! You're just like your mother! It's like, okay, well, like,
0: oh my god. Yeah, no, they say some, like, really nasty things to each other, um, but also, like, some really amazing, incredible things. Yeah. Like, when um, Clementine's talking about how she thought she was ugly, mm-hmm. and she has, like, the doll... She's talking about the doll and then, you know, Joel just kind of like reassures her that she's She's pretty and they have that like really intimate moment together mm-hmm. But that also definitely shows Like through the dialogue and a little bit of backstory on both of the characters Like you see just how insecure they really are. They're both so, like, very they're insecure both insecure people They um, need to seriously work on themselves. That was an int-
1: There's an interesting line uh, where Clementine says that she's also got her own issues to deal with yeah, and that yeah. she doesn't want Joel to ascribe to her the qualities of being like a savior
0: yeah
1: um, which I found very interesting because she fits the role of the manic pixie dream girl trope like, to a T. and right, so the fact that is she's so saying this yeah she's, yeah.
0: yeah she's like an escape right?
1: right from the mundane and in a lot of romantic movies there's the girl like that who ends up whatever saving the guy from being a totally mundane loser (laughs) right yeah but Um, but
0: yeah she says it twice in the movie at different parts like when they first meet like a first first meet um after the beach and in the bookstore and she's just like i'm just a fucked up girl looking for my own peace of mind Mm -hmm. like i'm not i don't i'm not gonna save you yeah and then she says it to him again at the end of the movie
1: and it's interesting because i think joel was expecting her to save him yeah and she doesn't no, she's just doing her own thing.
0: Yeah, she's just trying to figure it out.
1: And so that 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 dynamic I really enjoyed because it was a a bit of a flip on the usual script that I'm accustomed to with right. Hollywood movies.
0: Yeah, with romance movies in particular. For sure. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So. They're they're always kind of like it's all about like saving one another. Yeah, where it's like. Real romance is not about that.
1: But what's interesting with this movie is they can save each other, but to do that, they have to not be together.
0: Interesting. Okay, so you're saying like the only way that they would be okay is by breaking up permanently. Yeah,
1: they're not okay together.
0: Right. Even though they're going to be together again.
1: And when they're talking about how Joel's not really doing well with his old girlfriend, Naomi. Mm Mm-hmm. And he starts his new relationship. It just indicates that Joel is always searching for someone to kind of complete him and tell him who he is.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, he even says in his inner dialogue, um, like, why do I fall in love with any girl who gives me any attention? Right. Like, yeah, that's an insane way to think. Yeah. (laughs) Like, he's clearly not okay with himself at all.
1: No confidence. Yeah. No
0: confidence. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I guess, like, even, you know, in his past memory when he's with his mom... And he's just like, oh, she never notices me. Yeah, like nobody ever pays oh, wow, attention yeah. to me. Yeah, he does say that. Yeah, so it's kind of like this childhood, you know, repressed memory that has been with him through adulthood that ref- like affects all of his relationships. Yeah, the and way then that he,
1: he. Yeah. Sorry. Sta- go ahead. And then he starts dating Clementine, who pays him attention, but pays other people attention too, and he doesn't like and that. He doesn't
0: like that. Yeah. Yeah. He can't. Yeah, can't stand it. But there's a lot of really good lines of dialogue, like they um. Also, some some ones where I thought now were a little uh, like pretentious, like when they quote Nietzsche or like you know, like Mary has all of those like little lines about forgetting memories and stuff like that. Yeah, I was like now, like before I was like, oh yeah, that's cool, but now I'm just like, oh,
1: no well, more. <laughs> they're impressive when you're a teenager. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like no, no more, no more of this.
1: But what's interesting about that is. I feel that was a direct choice because the dialogue is so plain mm-hmm. for the rest of the movie. Then to have these these quotes from literature, yeah. it highlights how artificial Mary's relationship with Dr. Howard is.
0: Yeah, well, I was yeah, cuz it's it's platonic yeah. and
1: she wants to make it into something, yeah. but she'd already done that. And so the fact yeah. that she's doing it again, she's trying it again, it's like the whole premise of everything they've done up to that point is so artificial. Yeah. And I guess using these quotes about like how good it is to not remember stuff.
0: Right. And then she oh. even says in her tape when she wants to be like wants him um uh, when she wants to erase the memory of him. Yeah in the tape she's she says oh like when i first met him like i didn't know what to say i you know like i felt like really awkward and childish and i tried to sound smart and and she just does the same thing over and over again and i'm wondering if this movie is just you know just this is an endless loop of doing the same mistakes over and over again
1: it is interesting because i think it is an exploration into characters yeah. and trying to build a realistic character you don't have a linear arc like Mm -hmm. a lot of people who have flaws which is everyone um they they fall into patterns yeah right like you may eventually get over whatever it is you're struggling with but like anyone like most people have to do it a couple times before they actually like beat something or they actually get out of a habit they don't like or they get out of whatever it is right um, what I
0: don't understand is why Howard, like, like, kissed her again.
1: That's his flaw.
0: I don't get like I he don't can't under-
1: resist the temptation. Yeah, that's like, his flaw. It
0: kills me. And he's married, and he's already been through this. Yeah. And his wife has already been yeah. through this clearly. Yeah. Um, but he still does it, and I'm just yeah. like, what? <laughs> no, Howard. Like no. the
1: whole movie is. There's a lot of thinly veiled. they're not even thinly veiled. so flawed. But, like, no one can resist temptation in this movie.
0: Yeah. Even, like, it's, it's almost like knowing that something's bad for you and doing it anyway. And doing it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Because it feels good in the moment. Even the main
1: characters, Joel and Clementine, they hear these tapes and they're clued into the fact that they're not good for each other and they still do it again anyway. Or it's implied that they do it again anyway.
0: <laughs> or is it that they're, like, they learn from the tapes and try to, to work on the things that, that was said in the tapes?
1: I don't know. Well, it's an open ended ending.
0: I know that because that's how I interpreted it was that they're like laughing about these things because they're they're so enamored with each other right in that moment. But like, I hope that they're able to redo their relationship and use it, you know, this experience as a tool.
1: Oh, see, I, I read help, that totally differently. To
0: help, yeah, to help them, I guess, um, you know, nullify all of the issues that they were having. Hmm. That's I hope so. Anyways, they're that's all, what you this, saw. It, so right? sad. <laughs> but you saw it the other way, where it was just like an endless loop of despair. I saw
1: them as laughing at the fact that they tried to change.
0: Oh, but they are both like we're they're both like, not going to change. They're <laughs> laughing
1: at the inevitability of the fact that it's all going to go to shit again. Like there's but some. They're going anyways. Yeah, but there oh, is, that's so sad. There is some humor to that. Some like dark humor to that.
0: Sure. Yeah, that's pretty dark. <laughs> Yeah, but that's what I love about this movie is that you could have different interpretations of it. Yeah. Like, it was great. Yeah. Instead of just having a set ending. But no, there was, um, there's a lot of really good lines of dialogue. Like, one, in, one part in, uh, specifically that stood out to me was when the house is crumbling. Or not crumbling, it's they're eating together on the um, staircase at the beach. Yeah. Um, and Clementine's projection is like, oh, like, you know, that this is going to end soon. Like what do, yeah. we, what do we do?
1: Might as well enjoy it.
0: Yeah. And at that moment, Joel says might as well enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and I think he's finally come to terms with the fact that he's losing her mm-hmm. completely.
1: Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the whole movie, I think could be interpreted as, you know, a uh, a look at why people are afraid of change
0: mm, yeah
1: because they would rather forget the fact that a, cha- a change went poorly <laughs> than yeah. to then to experience the learning from it
0: yeah we kind of like briefly talked about this before but how like even if things go bad it's still a learning experience yeah and that's the only way that you grow and learn yeah so like in their next relationship they could take You know the things that they learned from, the the their relationship, yeah, and hopefully make the next one better. Yeah, they're they're smart enough to learn, but who knows, right? They could Uh. just keep redoing it over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, who knows? Um. So the next part is pacing. The next criteria.
0: Yeah, it's I. Pacing was good. Consistent like the whole way through. I never thought that. Uh, it was it lulled. For it me, it was interesting.
1: It never felt like it dragged. Yeah, no. Usually, that's my main critique of pacing in a movie. Although, if I was to have one critique, I think the cuts are a little too quick and a little too jarring sometimes. Where I'm, I'm like, what the fuck is happening right? Now? Like, there's a few moments in the movie where it took me a second to figure out what was going on, like and in, I didn't quite like that. I'm like, not even in the dream, just in when he's before he's even in the dream sequence oh I see and they're cutting so quickly and I'm like you, do, you guys don't need to cut this quickly right like I, I get it like it's supposed to be surreal but I'm, I'm struggling here
0: yeah but I mean the whole movie in itself is supposed to be like a dream I suppose or a memory yeah even with the editing and how it's nonlinear and all that kind of stuff Yep. Yeah. um okay what's next
1: uh well <laughs> speaking of memory are there any memorable sympathetic characters
0: yeah lots all of them <laughs> The specifically, young all Mark the ones Ruffalo. we can't remember.
1: <laughs> the ones we can't remember the names for. No,
0: Mark Ruffalo's hair. No, specifically Mark Ruffalo's hair.
1: That blown back hairdo.
0: So up. It was Oof. so early two thousands. I was surprised they didn't have frosted tips.
1: I was surprised too. Actually, I know.
0: I was like, doing Mark, where's your frosted tips? Yeah, where's
1: the <laughs> Lincoln Park poster?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I thought they were all really sympathetic. Like. Uh, except for fucking Patrick, who was a sleazeball.
1: And Dr. Howard. I didn't oh, like yeah, no, they good.
0: were both not nice. They, I mean...
1: Yeah, they're not nice, guys, guys.
0: Well, they're just, like... Like, uh, Howard, at least... like He says that he's like, we can't do this, and then he kisses her anyways, which is confusing. But then um, Patrick just, like steals her underwear he yeah he's a total creep so creepy and he keeps saying that like oh i have a girlfriend now i've got a girlfriend you know that i have a girlfriend yeah and mark ruffalo just like shut the fuck up (laughs) nobody likes you yeah yeah i did not like his character was just so irritating memorable though oh yeah memorable (laughs) like super creepy i actually forgot like how creepy his character was
1: i didn't find too many of the characters very sympathetic though no not no Joel,
0: too, Joel R. Clementine? Maybe.
1: I didn't find either of them that likable.
0: Maybe because they're both nuts? Yeah. Yeah. They're both I, intrinsically flawed. They both have
1: problems and they're both suffering through their problems. And that is something I can sympathize with. Mm-hmm. But I don't really like them.
0: You don't like them? <laughs> I sympathize with Joel's situation. Like, imagine being erased from somebody's memory.
1: Yeah.
0: Somebody that meant so much to you. Like, I'm not so... Yeah, you know what? I'm not so sympathetic about the characters themselves. I'm, like, sympathetic to their situation. Mm, I agree. Like, I wish that they could, like, fi- like figure it out and and learn from it. And, like... Yeah. Move, and I, like, want them to be together. Like, yeah. Even though I know it's probably not a good idea. Um, Yeah. But yeah, like Clementine's a psycho. <laughs>
1: but also Joel. He's like, whoa. He's so jealous. Yeah. And he's so unwilling to be open about anything that I understand her point of view of like, well, who is this dude? He's just he's sure. boring and he he's holding her back. Like he's totally he's a total wet, you know. He's a total wet
0: blanket. Yeah, like in that scene where they're they're eating dinner at that Chinese place. Yeah, and like he's like predicting like what's gonna happen. Yeah, but he doesn't do anything about it. Yeah, that's what kills me. Yeah, I'm like like he's he's like oh my god are we gonna be gonna, are we gonna become those you know that couple that people feel sorry for, and I'm yeah. like well then do something about he's, it. He's all
1: like woe is me but won't do anything. Yeah, about like it. she's yeah.
0: not gonna help you. Yeah, again she told ex- you that. Like he's <laughs> expecting
1: her to yeah exactly the whole <laughs> trope.
0: Yeah. But also, like she can't help him unless he opens up.
1: Exactly. Which she never does. And she doesn't want to. Yeah.
0: He's just like, I we'll, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. And
1: then later it never comes.
0: Right. And then they break up. Yep. But I, also, I found their breakup like so intense. It wasn't even a breakup. She just leaves. Yeah. Leaves her keys at the apartment. Like tells him to fuck off. He doesn't chase after her.
1: After she crashes his car into a fire
0: hydrant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then. The next day, she gets her memory erased of him. Yep. Like, they don't even officially really break up. It's just, nope. like, a really bad fight.
1: Nope. she just done. Erased.
0: Yeah, that which was a mistake on her part. Like... Yeah. Come on, Clementine. Yeah,
1: well, she's impulsive, right? That's her whole thing. That's her character. That's yeah. her flaw, actually. That's her
0: flaw, yeah. They, that's what initiates the entire thing.
1: Yeah. And
0: yeah. then... You know what? I but I think that they. I think that Joel does learn from it because at the end of the movie, he chases after her. And I don't know if the other is that him learning though. Well, I don't know if he would have done that before.
1: Is he chasing after her because he loves her? Or Is he chasing after her because he needs someone to basically kick his ass into gear?
0: I don't know because like the 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 other two times where he wanted to chase after her and didn't was the house, right? When yeah. they first meet yep. he's like, oh, I wanted to stay and she's like, oh, I wish he would have stayed Yeah, um, but he doesn't and then the other time is when he's chasing after her when you know, she's walking down the street Um, but then he stops and and doesn't catch up to her. He just decides not to follow her But then at the end of the movie, she's like i'm gonna go and then he has that moment where he's like No, I have to I have to go catch like catch her. Yeah, and so he goes Okay but I don't know if that's him. I don't know if that's his character arc or I don't know. Oh, I have to stop doing that. <laughs> I don't know if that's his character arc or if it's just like, like you said, like the endless loop. Like, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, you're not supposed to know.
0: I know. It's so infuriating. I want to know.
1: Um, Is the movie enjoyable?
0: Yeah. It's depressing, but enjoyable.
1: Yeah. It's good to watch if you like movies. You know, if you like to, <laughs> if, well, no.
0: Yeah, no, I know what you mean. <laughs>
1: if you're a movie buff and you like to critique movies. Right. Um as a story though, yeah, it is I find it quite depressing. I Maybe that it's... was just my interpretation of it.
0: Yeah, you had a darker interpretation yeah. than even I had. Yeah. And I thought it was I thought my interpretation was pretty dark. But I love how like surreal like it's so surreal, but mm-hmm. also extremely real.
1: Yeah, I do like that.
0: Like it's You know not everything is sunshine and rainbows (laughs) some things suck absolutely at any time yeah and people get hurt and it's like Mm -hmm. i guess it all i guess it all deals with like the philosophical question of like would you er should you erase your your memories even if they're bad yeah should you leave them i don't know
1: it's a good question yeah uh just like this question does it have rewatch value yeah, I'd say so. There's and a lot of little hidden things that I think if you watch it again and you know the plot, you'll pick up on yeah. them and make it more enjoyable. Yeah, to watch p- again
0: for sure. You'll pick up on more things. I just think that it's not a movie that I can like watch every day. Right. Like it's not something that I can put on.
1: No, it's pretty heavy.
0: Yeah, it's just
1: sad. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair.
0: Yeah, it's too uh and I would just watch the entire thing. Like usually when I put something on in the background, like I don't want to think about it. I just want it like there. Yeah. But I would just sit down and keep watching it. Like it's a really good movie. Yeah.
1: But That's fair. Yeah. Um yeah, it does. does the film advance its genre in any way? I think so. I would agree.
0: Yeah. As a like if you if you were to just look at it like a romance movie? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like
1: as a psychological thriller, maybe not. But as a romance, if you look at it from that lens, definitely does. Yeah. Shake things up a bit.
0: Yeah, and it's so uh, you know.
1: I mean, it did win an Academy Award for best screenplay. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which I, makes it sense. It deserved it. It was really good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it as that genre, like as a sci-fi, it wasn't really. It's not really. A sci-fi. It had sci-fi elements. But not even. It, it was more like a like a romantic. Drama set on the backdrop of of sci-fi. Yeah,
1: I would I would say so. Yeah. You know what Wikipedia calls it? What? It's says Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is a 2004 American science fiction romantic comedy psychological drama film.
0: <laughs> 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 so it's a lot of shit. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of stuff going on <laughs> in this movie. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Know, do you want to talk about anything else?
1: What? Is our verdict on this one?
0: Uh, do we like it? Do we not like it? Five tacos out of four potato chip bags. There you go, folks. <laughs> the official verdict is in. Which is the best rating that we could give <laughs>
1: ever? Yeah, I like this one. I yeah, really do.
0: it still has a really like. Um, it still has a really good. I don't know. I still have a soft spot for it. Yeah. Like I, I thought that I wasn't gonna like it again.
1: I like movies that make me take a good hard think afterwards and I go, what did I just watch? So like,
0: Yeah, and also like, what about my life? <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very like introspective movie in that go- sense.
1: <laughs> good art will make you reflect on your own life and your own experiences.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, am I too much like Joel? Or am oh, I more God. like Clementine? Or am I Patrick? <laughs> oh, God. oh God, no! <laughs> but yeah.
1: Am I like Mary? Am I just oblivious to all the crap going on? who knows
0: I hope I'm not like Howard oh god I wish I was like Mark Ruffalo (laughs) I don't even remember his name I want his hair (laughs) I need it (laughs) and his like Rivers Cuomo glasses (laughs) yeah (laughs) so good okay well I think that's it
1: that's it that's our review of Eternal Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind yeah thank you thanks for listening
0: oh and you can uh, follow us on Twitter you can yeah at Real Rumble thanks that's it
1: Thanks. Goodbye. Bye.